It seemed that everybody knew something about the Voidbringers. People in rural areas spoke of them as mysterious creatures that came out at night, stealing from the unlucky and punishing the foolish. Those Voidbringers seemed more mischievous than evil. But then there would be the odd story about a Voidbringer taking on the form of a wayward traveler, who after receiving kindness from a Talu farmer, would slaughter the entire family, drink their blood, then write voidish symbols across the walls in black ash. Most people in the cities, however, saw the Voidbringers as spirits who stalked at night, a kind of evil spren that invaded the hearts of men and made them do terrible things. When a good man grew angry, it was the work of a Voidbringer. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book One, The Way of Kings. Spoiler warning for chapter 45. Um, this is a hell of a chapter and a hell of an episode as well. Um, so if you haven't caught up yet in your reading, uh, I would suggest going back and reading and catching up with us afterwards. You definitely don't want to be spoiled for this one. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And with me as always is the most majestic, most amazing, most important city, uh, a co-host in all of the world. It's Jack. <laughs> I, hey, hey how, man, that's quite that's quite an intro. Most yeah, I, majestic. I, I thought about Most trying to like important. Yeah, well, it's that's what they, you, she you, says. You, Yasna you, says about Urethiru, right? And I thought I, about um, trying to. I was to, just gonna say. Yeah, I thought about trying to smash your name together with Urethiru and like say it's Urajakthru or Jurethiru, <laughs> but that starts to get really dicey calling it Jurethiru. So I decided to abandon. Well, I'm that. very. I'm very flattered to be in such great company as Urethiru. Mm-hmm. So you were saying uh, that's very that's very cool. Well, this, I mean, okay, so this chapter f- that we're covering today, chapter forty-five. Yeah, still we decided on part to three. record just one chapter today. It's yeah, quite a doozy. so chapter forty-five, Shadesmar, is what it's uh, it's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Before we started recording, you were saying something about your notes. What, what's what's going on? Yeah, so I so I was I was taking notes uh, diligently. I was using my computer this time mm-hmm. as opposed to the previous two where I was away. Right. So I was taking my time and I was you know developing lots of notes and it just it hit a certain point in the chapter where I started flipping pages. So when it becomes a page flipper, at least for me, where it's like okay, look at I I just don't want to take the time to take notes. I don't yeah. want to take the the time to think. I right. just want to read this thing. Right. Um. So when it turns into that, I take fewer notes. Right, of course. And so, and so what ended up happening with this chapter is I have a half notes and half nothing. So I will fully admit to you yeah. as, uh, as, you know, as host that, um, I have half notes for Shadesmar. I reached a certain point where I just page flipped yeah. and I just was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. This is amazing. This is amazing. And I just got to the end and then I texted you. So when, 
that I had finished the chapter. Yeah. So I fully admit, like my notes stop at a certain point. Yeah. And then it's just pa- and it's just page. Flipping. I would advise that if this ever comes up again, which it will in this series, because there's many <laughs> chapters that are literally page turners, um, that yeah. uh, you read yeah. the chapter and then go back and reread it and take notes. I know. I I should have I should have done that to take the extra time. But you know how much I I pour over yeah, everything. For sure. And it's You're a meticulous. slow process. So and I so and I, it's partially my fault. I didn't give you a chance to actually reread it because as soon as you were done, I'm like let's record. And so, like I, re- right. I literally so. forced you in recording today because I was like, "This is a good time." That's okay. So you're gonna have to take over on part two of this chapter, but certainly yeah, cool. for the beginning, I've got lots to. Well, say. let's get into it. So, well, with the quote starting off on this chapter, mm-hmm. um, Yelignar called Yelignar called Blightwind. Blightwind <laughs> was yeah. one that could speak. One that could speak like a man, though often his voice was accompanied by the wails of those he consumed. Mm-hmm. So wow. that is interesting. Consumed, Blightwind, consuming what? Consuming souls? Well, um, that's what that says. The uh, postscript on it here is the unmade were right. obviously fabrications of folklore. Curiously, most were not considered individuals, but instead personifications of kinds of destruction. This quote, blah, 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 mm. blah, blah. So they're saying yeah. that Yelignar called the Blightwind is one of the unmade, but scholars right. think them obviously fabrications of folklore. Which sort of makes sense. I mean, you know, primitive people in ancient uh, times were like, oh my God, did you see that lightning? There's got to be a Zeus up there causing lightning. Right, right. And then, of course, where, where, did, where did Zeus come from? And, and this reminds me of, of referring to them uh, or referring to Yelignar as the unmade. Um, ref, uh, sort of reminds me in, in Christian uh, texts uh, where it says begotten, not mm-hmm. made. Right, referring to the um, to the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, t- totally cool. I-, I find it interesting that personifying destruction. Right. I like that. I think that's really cool. And also, Blightwind. Mm-hmm. What a cool uh, bad guy uh, name! I know Blightwind you- is cool. I really like that. And and consuming what though? Like again, I'm I'm keep thinking like like what's being consumed here or do we already know is this something that i've forgotten um nope i don't this is the first time uh yelignar okay. blightwind unmade or any of this kind of stuff has come up this is the very first appearance that has it come in up the series okay yeah. okay so I um one of the things i thought was really curious about this is that uh you have mm. um rightly so you have latched onto this mm. um wind motif and um, yeah, the, yeah. Oh, and it comes up in here big time, by for the way. For sure it does. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that later when uh, yeah, Shalon yeah. gets a, a yeah. little wind, windness or whatever. Um, but the, the blight wind, when I read that, I was like, oh, Jack's gonna, this is like the anti-wind, the blight wind. Like, I thought that was really neat. Well, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, 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 I, I still think it's a, it's a big part of the series in terms of, like, there's always this wind blowing or leading guiding you know sort of bringing the characters along or you know you know yeah. what I mean like like despite their efforts in one way or another like it doesn't work out trying this it doesn't work out trying that okay well the, so the wind sort of shows you another way mm-hmm. um 
So I don't know. I, I, I'll, I really I'll like say this aspect. about your wind motif that um, having read the series several times, um, especially yeah. this first book, I mean, this first is the first book. So I've had more time to, to read, reread this one than the other two. And especially Rhythm of War. I'm not even finished Rhythm of War yet. Um, but having read this one several times, I knew how important the wind was, but I didn't realize how, until we started doing this, until you started pointing it out, how much it was stitched into the fabric of the story in every single crevice. Like I knew how important it Very was cool. that literally th this story is about these gigantic high storms, right? So wind is going to be important mm -hmm. in, in everything and how they build. We've, we've seen this, how they build their buildings, yeah. how they farm and all that stuff. But, um, I never mm -hmm. noticed until you started pointing it out, how much it was in everything. There are these little moments throughout the whole book that this, the like wind mm -hmm. almost has its own personality and it's amazing. So yeah. thank you for that. No, that's, that's cool. I mean, it, it really, it was, it was the introduction of, of Syl, uh, when she, you know, first appeared, uh, in front of Kaladin and I think it was first described there, at least where I, where I caught it anyway. So it was when he was a slave and he, it was after the Amaram, um, uh, mm -hmm. incident, which you had I pointed out about. too, that Shaland was being yeah. brought to her destiny on a, on a boat, which was brought by the wind yep. and yeah, by the it wind. Was early on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's get to no, it. No, it's totally cool. All right, so what I've got first is um, Shalon is reading uh, Gavilar's account. Mm -hmm. She's reading, um, again, about King Gavilar uh, and his uh, first encounters with the Parshendi. Mm -hmm. And he says that he's referring to them as an oddly welcoming group. And this is this is recorded one year before his murder. Right. So this is, you know, fa fairly recent uh, information. Right. And In the account, the Parshman... I think it says that Sorry, it's five months since the first time they, like this account here that she's reading is five months after their first meeting with the Parshendi. Right. Um, in the account, uh, the Parshman have promised to lead Gavilar on a hunt um, for a great shelled beast that they call Ulo Masvara, which means monster of the chasms. Mm-hmm. Um, the Parshmen speak about their terrible gods. Mm -hmm. That's kind of glossed over in this text. Um, very quickly sort of dropped and then yeah, it seems not to, really dealt with too much. It seems to imply that uh, Gavilar, their, in his accounts anyways, uh, thinks that the Parshendi um, see these great shells, especially the, like, the big, big ones as gods. Mm -hmm. And there's a moment in the um, uh, the Chasm Fiend hunt with Dalinar, Elokar, and Adelin, where um, Dalinar says, um, no wonder the Parshendi th see these things as gods. Look at this thing. So we, we've had mm -hmm. that reference before. Right. Um, but, but ultimately, they, these Parshendi, they're very different from the servant Parshman counterparts. Mm -hmm. Um King Ga King Gavilar is having thoughts like perhaps perhaps they're distant cousins, like the Alethi axehounds, and the Salay breed. I was mm -hmm. I was kind of pausing there for a second because I'm like, wow, you're comparing these men to to an animal, Animals. but I, I don't think there's any in, in, insult there. But uh, no, but there but might perhaps. be there might be a little bit of a high minded thing there, like you know these mm -hmm. Alethi. We've learned mm -hmm. so far that these Alethi think highly of themselves. 
Um, the Parshendi yeah. are somewhat confused by the Parshman servants, though. They're like, where's their yeah. music? Where's their music? Yeah, like they don't react yeah. like, like us at all. Like, what's wrong with these people? Because because the Parshendi are humming and chanting as they often do. Um, and these Parshmen don't seem to have that with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so something really cool uh, I read here. Um, hang on. Uh, yeah, this is so cool. So so King Gavilar is, is saying that, you know, I, I have left one Parshendi singing to himself and uh, passing by another out of earshot, yet they're singing the same song in tempo with lyric and tune in place. Almost like they were both listening to the same radio station. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's really cool. And then it drops right here. And I love this. I loved reading this actually. Mm -hmm. So, um, their favorite instrument is the drum. And whenever I was doing the theme song for for the thing, my friend, way to go. Thanks pal. Cause I, I, I love that, that I read it cause it was like, my instinct for the series when just just from the picture it was the artwork on on Stormlight Arc on the first book the way of kings yeah that it that it really sort of came to me so i'm really hoping this series is going to become either a major or a, a major motion picture or a tv series and if it does the soundtrack has got to be drum heavy centric yes and uh, it has to star Henry Cavill. Yes. I actually messaged him on Instagram today um, <laughs> it, for it the listeners. Henry um, Cavill. Yeah. I saw on, on Reddit today, someone had um, uh, taken a screen grab of an old Henry uh, Cavill uh, Instagram post where he posted about reading the Stormlight Archive. It was like the words of radiance that he was reading. And uh, there was a little bit of a back and forth between Sanderson and him about it. And I'm like, man, Henry Cavill is awesome. He's in The Witcher. Like he literally read and played all the witcher games and was like i've got to be i've got to play the witcher and he's also into the stormlight archive mr cavill please please if like whatever you do (laughs) just do whatever you can to be to make this thing happen um or just listen to our podcast we'd be super happy about that too (laughs) yeah what what i want to know is is he a spren head oh you know he is dude you know Um, this guy is he's a spren head Mm -hmm. maybe no, I mean, I, I would love, I mean, of course I picture him as Kaladin. Um, however, Kaladin's so young. Yeah. He's, he's too young. And he's so, young. and so Henry Cavill might have to play, you know, Ga, um, Dalinar. I, I'd like to see him. I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's still all kinds Zaddies? of characters coming up. So you, so let's revisit this some other time because there's other characters. Oh, okay. You haven't okay. Met yet, okay. So. Other yeah. characters. Okay. Okay. All right. Also, um, I think that this uh, this series plays better as an animated uh, story. Um, give me a Studio Ghibli style animation um, over live action for this, anyways. You'll see. It's uh, oh, you want you know, animation for this? Well, you know, I've said to you before that wow. uh, the mm. um, the spirit, the four spirits, and Princess Mononoke make me think of Sprens, and I just think that that type of animation would be amazing for this. But mm. I mean, whatever. I'm, so, uh, I'm still yeah, so Shallan, I'm still picturing live action, but but I, I yeah. But, ten uh, books, but it's, perhaps it'd be hard to make right. a movie or a TV show with ten books. So, anyways, ten books. Yeah, let's save that for a bonus episode. We can have arguments about uh, live action versus animation. 
the drums. Um, so I, I, I like this too. Uh, they build their buildings out of creme and stone, mm-hmm. and uh, the king is asking, or his uh, associates are asking, "Well, do, don't you worry about high storms?" When asking the Parshendi, and they're like, "Why? Why would we worry? We we can rebuild them." Right. So I like I, I, I like that attitude. Me too. Um, Shalon is studying, of course, King Gavilar's murder. With all yeah. of this, she grabs a volume dictated by someone named Storm Warden Matain, mm-hmm. um, who has accompanied uh, the king. And the description of the very first Parshendi hunting hunting party that they encountered, um, it was in a cobwood tree camp. The cobwood trees provided protection. I really like this, actually, that, that their campsite provided protection from high storms because of the trees, mm-hmm. and the river's gorge would eliminate the chance for flooding. I really like that uh, detail put into the camp. Mm-hmm. thought that was really, really cool. King sends uh, parties up and down the river, and Dalinar is the one who encountered the Parshendi. Right. No one believed his account at first. They thought it was he was nuts. Remember he earlier said, in the, are, our podding, remember earlier in our podcasting where we there were conflicting arguments about who met the uh the uh, the the, the Parshendi right. first. D- Dalinar first. said it was him and then we had read something that Shalon had read saying Gavilar said it was him, but the king's gonna right. take credit, right? The king's gonna be like, fuck my drunk brother. It was me that found the Parshendi. <laughs> it was me that found them, yeah. Yeah. Now there were ten of them Right. Coincidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were bigger, six bla- six marbled black and uh, black and red skin, and white and red. And I like this too the uh, the woven narbin cloth. That was probably an info dump, but uh, oh, you know what? They dude? had exquisite looking weapons. You said earlier that you like the last bit of this of your notes are like empty. I didn't even do an info dump. I started to, and then I realized this whole chapter is an info dump. So I don't even have an info dump today. There's it's just crazy. so much. Well, okay, so yeah. Well, I can get us to a point, and then I page flip. So yeah, yeah I got you. Okay, I got you. Um, I got you back, baby. Gavilar. Gavilar became fascinated with the Parshendi, and ordered the Storm Warden Matain to begin a study of mm-hmm. their language and culture. Now, this is important, right? So Shalon grabs a biography of King Gavilar Colon by Navani, mm-hmm. who is or was his queen, right? His wife, written two years earlier. In this biography by Navani, she insists that King Gavilar was an excellent king, mm-hmm. an inspiring leader, unparalleled duelist, genius of battlefield tactics, but not a single scholarly finger on his left hand. Right. He was bored by science, had no interest in accounting of high storms. He ignored Fabrials unless they had a use in battle. He was a man built, and I quote, after the classical masculine ideal. Right. And this makes Shalon think. Shalon like, says to Yasna. Yeah, it makes Shalon yeah. think like, like why would he want? Why was he so interested in? And he, she says that out loud. She's like, why was he to so interested? Yasna. in Yeah, Yasna. And we don't even know, but Yasna's sitting right there. Um, and that's right when there, we realize, yeah, because yeah, she's so deep in her book, it's almost like she forgot Yasna was there, and she forgot to tell us that she was there. So she says to Yasna, "Was Matane's account wrong, or like was he trying to embellish?" Um, Upon the king, because he was interested in the Parshendi long before he knew about their shard blades. Right. Do you remember he what Dalinar to know told about us? Their music, remember what Dalinar told us before? Their music, language, and culture. 
where uh, Dalinar said that um, Dalinar said that Gavilar noticed that a Parshendi looked like he was going to summon a shard blade, and that's why he that's why right. Dalinar thinks he was interested in the Parshendi. But these accounts are saying that he was that Dalinar was wrong. Gavilar was interested in the Parshendi way before that. So this, so hang on. So Matane's account is um, different than Dalinar's account? Yeah, because Dalinar tol- tells Adolin in uh, The Decoy, I think, in one of those yeah. uh, uh, chapters yeah. long ago, um, that, um, that that Gavilar told him one of the reasons why they were, or that Dalinar thinks one of the reasons why Gavilar was interested in the Parshendi was because he saw was because of the someone trying to- sh- Noticing- Yeah, he wanted those shard blades. Summon. Right? But what we find out here is that he was interested in the Parshendi way before he even knew they had shard blades. Knew they had them. Right. Because he ordered, because he ordered Matane to do right. this study. Right. He was obviously interested. Right. So his interest Ooh. predates mm. the shard blades. So remember that we talked about these onions that are like the, these layers and stuff. So yeah, the layers. I don't like this development. If that's if that be true, of course I, I don't think I had it straight in my head with regards to previous accounts by Dalinar. I really wasn't thinking that far mm-hmm. back in the chapters. But wow, if that's true, then who's telling the truth? Of right. course. Um, and if it's Dalinar that we start, because we've already started to find out that about. About uh, Liren, right? Mm-hmm. So we started to find out about Kaladin's well, father having not necessarily you know, with different... Dalinar because Dalinar is only telling us what he thinks is the reason Gavilar was after the Parshendi, right. right? So okay. there's well, there's I like know, a but he it, said, she but said, if there, but if there starts thing. to be, it's just you know, I, I I'm I like my uh, my nice little perfectly prepared packages for the characters and I'm like mm, okay Dalinar's <laughs> oh, really nice he's great you know, Dalinar no, he's I don't, not a liar but... it doesn't say that here <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this so that Yasna says that um, these times when uh, Gavilar was super interested in these Parshendi were some of the best times she had with her father because they were able to right. talk in a Connect. scholarly manner about these people. And she right. feels like these were the only times that she really ever connected with her dad because her dad was like a warmonger and she's a scholar. So these times are her, were her favorite times with her dad, which is really So neat. why why would Navani, his wife... Either two things. Why would she not know this about her husband, about the king? So that's number one. Mm-hmm. So how do you not know that your king was interested or, and, and had a bit of a scholar, you know, component to it, to his uh, being? Or second, why would you, in the event of his death, write a biography attesting to the opposite? I don't um, know. So that It depends because interesting. there's... There's a lot of stuff going on. They also don't, they think um, that Gavilar knew how to read, remember? Right. And they kept that quiet too. Right. So there's yep. there's stuff that they've found out about Gavilar in those last few months. They always say Gavilar changed in those last few months. And there's certain parts of Gavilar that they leave out of the official history because, you know, he ends up becoming a different person and they don't want him to look like a different person in the histories. So it's all, it's all very muddy. So Yasna says, um, she claims that the longer that Gavilar remained in the unclaimed hills, the more fascinated he became by the Pershendi. Mm-hmm. 
And then Shalon pipes up and says to Yasna, you know, like, why, why did you assign me to research this event? Yeah. Because you, you've lived through this. So right. you already know everything that I'm discovering. Hmm. And then Yasna says something like, well, you know, a fresh perspective might be of value. I hope that you'll notice details I've missed. Um, your classical studies will not be the focus. Right. Uh, and, and Yasna says that she refers to them as long lost historical conundrums mm -hmm. to which Shalon says, yeah, but you're an historian. Aren't those conundrums the meat of your field? <laughs> right. And Yasna's like, well, I'm a Aristotelian. We search for answers in the past, reconstructing what truly happened. We choose projects that are misunderstood or misrepresented to better understand the present. Right. Can I, my comment on this here is that uh, Veristatalians sound like acolytes of Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell's podcast is revisionist history, and it's literally revisiting the past, like giving a second look at the past to see if we miss something to better understand the present. And as soon as I read that, I'm like, hey, Ma Malcolm Gladwell's a Veristatalian. That's awesome. I haven't listened to his podcast. Oh, dude, he's awesome. He's got like three seasons or three or four seasons, and it's so good. He takes these events from the past, and he re-examines them under a, more, a different critical eye and then sees if we, you know, if we miss something. And he t there's a whole episode cool. on, on how McDonald's changed the oil that they uh, uh, cook their fries in. I know it sounds so ridiculous as an episode, yeah, but it's amazing. It's so good. He's awesome. <laughs> I'll have to check it out if I can find the time. I I, I hope yeah. I have to make the time for that. Make um, some time. Um, okay. So and then to which Shalon's like, well, then okay, if you're, I think she muttered this under her breath, or this is these are her thoughts. But Shalon was like, well, then why are you continuing to read and research these folk tales and evil spirits? Like, if you're if you're this versatilian, you know, searching for the truth, and then why are mm -hmm. you pouring in? Why are you reading folk tales and, and right. talking about evil spirits all because the time? Because she's looked through her notes, so she knows what she's looked at, right? right? <laughs> um, Which is hilarious. I like I like these next thoughts that Yasna's feeling. You know, um, Sh Shalon really, I think, loves being here. Oh, she, she loves does. the veil. She loves Carbranth. Mm -hmm. She loves. I think she loves Yasna. Yeah. She, she admires her. Mm -hmm. um, and it says here, I think in the text that Shalon feels like she's part of something and something big because mm -hmm. it's Yasna. Right. Um, so I like and that. Tozbek's ship arrives tomorrow. Yeah. Can you, do you have and, that, that spot in the book? I'd like you to read that out loud. Oh. Or, okay. or uh, I read it out loud. I just want someone to read it. Okay. Um, let me see here. Here, I have it here. And yet, she thought, Tozbek's ship arrives tomorrow morning. I'll be leaving. I need to start complaining. I need to convince Yasna that this was all yeah. so much harder than I anticipated. So that when I leave, she won't be surprised. I need to cry, break down, give up. I need to, what is you, Ithiru? She like, yeah. <laughs> she's so enraptured in this scholarly pursuit and research that she just can't let it go. No. Yeah, I know. She's it's leaving tomorrow and she's all like, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, tell me more, yeah. Um, Yasna says your Ethereum was the center of, uh, the silver kingdoms, a city mm -hmm. that held 10 thrones, one for each king. And this is, uh, the awesome introduction you gave for me in this podcast, referring mm. to this wonderful city as being the most majestic, the most amazing, the most important city in the world. Right. So your was abandoned 
before the Lost Radiance turned against mankind. Right. Most scholars consider it a myth, though. The Ardents won't even speak about it because it associates with the Lost Radiance and reminds everyone of the first major failure of Warrenism. Okay, so we've already had that uh, bit of uh, history there. Um, Fragments. Again, I love this. This is more theming here, woven into this whole book. Mm -hmm. Fragments from lost works by classical scholars. That's how they're able to find anything about Urethero. And again, right. I love the fragment idea, the shattered planes. Like, I, I just, I like that your, your, your history pe- like, is broken apart. Well, the whole, this, this whole book is, it's like doing a puzzle. Right. It's wonderful. I love mm-hmm. it. I just think yeah, it's I love, amazing. I love that idea that there were, there were these scholars long time ago that wrote some stuff and mm-hmm. that stuff got destroyed and then there right. were people around then who read that stuff, but don't actually have copies of it. So they wrote some stuff about those things. And then even those people's write, writings haven't stood the test of time. They only have fragments mm-hmm. of the secondhand accounts of those books, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get back to this whole, the only thing that survived this whole thing is the Way of Kings. It's the only oh, complete I know. I know. Hang on. Hang on, I, I I know I have that in here. Hang on. Yeah, the single complete work we have is the way of... Yeah, because of... Uh, yeah, almost exclusively because of the Van Reel's efforts. Um, right. And again, you're so right when referring to the book you're reading is a book in the book. Yeah, it's so great. I just love that. It's so cool. Me too. Um, it's great. Yeah, I could dig on that all day. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> num, num, num. Num, 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 num. Thank you, Brandon, Mr. Sanderson. Yeah, Shalon, Shalon here says like, well, maybe, maybe Uthiru is, uh, is in Natin Natin. She's like, it seems like the perfect place for it. It's like, you know, yeah. isolated. It's like this, uh, you know, oh, there's yeah. all so, this. T- t- Go ahead. So this, so, so, so this here, like this, okay. I'm, I'm a little peaked here. I think, uh, now again, I could be barking up the wrong tree, but first time reading this, yeah, I sensed, I sensed a little thing from Yasna, like. Um, I don't, not that she doesn't, uh, want to hear what, yeah, almost that she doesn't want to hear what Shalon is saying, referring right. to looking at, uh, Natanatan, um, for Urethiru. So, cause she says if, if there were ruins of a magnificent city, right. it should be in the overgrown wilds of Natanatan. It's unexplored. It's um, wild. Right, but Yasna, like, very authoritarian, like, sort of comes down and says, Urethiro is not yeah. in Natanatan. And she's like, good guess, though. <laughs> she said, well, actually, she, she says, good guess, now return to your studies. She right. doesn't even want her to think on it anymore. Right. Normally, with any thought, she always encourages you to just mm-hmm. keep keep going, whatever. But and Shalar keeps kinda, pushing here. And, yeah, she does. She's, and she's Yaz- like, Yasna's still like, she answers her curtly she, and then is like, go back to your studies. She raises the eyebrow. Yeah. I have this in my, in my text because she's trying to shut down the conversation and you're right. Um, Shalon says, well, what about the weapons? Right. And that, and Yasna raises an eyebrow. The Pershendi had fine steel weapons, yet they used skin drums and lived in huts right. of stone and creme. Doesn't that strike you as incongruous? Yeah, she calls it an and oddity then, or something, right? She says, yes, it's an oddity. And then, and then she says, um, I assure you the city is not there. 
Right. She's yeah, Shalon is using that as evidence that potentially Natanatan or Natan Natan, however you want to say it, the Sorry, war of how yeah. you say Natanatan and not Natan Natan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's using this these these amazing uh, artifacts that uh, that the Parshendi have as proof that maybe it's there, maybe Ruthiru is there. And um, yeah, yes, Yasna again's like, I assure you, the city's not here. I don't know. Yasna's not having it. If if uh, if Yasna's right, then she's right. Um, but it just seems maybe I I think I choose to read into that. Right. As a as a first time reader, I'm choosing to read into that. Um, and then of course, Shalon doesn't even stop there. She no, says she well, doesn't. She the, keeps pushing through. What were the Voidbringers? Yeah, she's like, what, you're what, interested in oh, the Shattered Plains. Now, hang on. So this, this for me, was, was a, a, a... I'm going to bring up a never-ending story reference, because in the text here, it's, she says, what were the Voidbringers? She's saying this to Yasna. What were they really? Right. Now, that, what were they really, reminded me of a scene in the never-ending story film when Atreyu is asking Gamork, um, who are you really? Right. And Gamork in the Neverending Story responds, I am the servant of the power behind the nothing. <laughs> so I kinda I don't know I don't know if Brandon Mr. Sanderson was thinking along those lines, but I certainly was when I when I read that. Uh Yasna says nobody knows for sure. Most scholars consider right. the myths same thing as Natanat uh as Theologians consider them to be counterparts to the Almighty monsters that dwelled in the hearts of men as the almighty once lived there too almost suggesting that we all have a a void bringer inside of us a void bringer inside of us yeah so yeah i love that i love that yeah me too and uh i really liked it being in the hearts Mm -hmm. with the gem hearts um, that's right that's right gem hearts sort of of reference so i was like that's really really cool Mm -hmm. um and of course like you know, if you have good uh, and bad, you know, a void bringer and the Almighty inside of you as a gem heart, well, what if it gets shattered? Um, so again, all these images, I just um, love, love, love. Shalon says, "I need a copy of Tiffindor's biography of your father." Um, right. It keeps uh, coming I up. That, yep, I believe. Yeah, it keeps it keeps uh, be being referenced, and then Yasna says, "Oh well, I can I can have uh, somebody look for it or take care of it." She says, mm-hmm. "No, no, I, I'd like to. I'd like to look for it myself." Um, this is Shalon she, being sneaky again. It here, turns out the reason to go away. Well, it right? turns out she already knows where it is. Yeah, yeah. And she wants to go on the, one of the lower floors of the Vale, um, and um, it'll give her some privacy and a chance to look up more on the Voidbringers herself. Right. So then the point of view changes. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not quite at the page turning where all my notes are gone but two hours later shallan is sitting in this lower part of the of the veil she's got a lot of books around her um it seems that everybody had something to say about the Mm -hmm. Voidbringers at one time or another rural people spoke of the Voidbringers as mysterious creatures of the night stealing from the unlucky and punishing the foolish but then a story about a Voidbringer would occur where uh the Voidbringer would turn into a wayward traveler Mm -hmm. receiving kindness uh, from a farmer, but slaughters the family, right. drinks their blood, and ends up writing voidish symbols on the walls in black ash. Sounds um, so creepy. Most saw, I know, very horror film, film all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Most saw the Voidbringers as evil spirits who stalked at night. An evil spren. 
that invaded the hearts of men and made them do terrible things. When a good man grew angry, it was mm-hmm. the work of a void bringer. This yeah. I don't like as much as a thing, because this is the whole thing where we we encounter it today as, uh, well, the devil made me do it. Right. And that's exactly what the city people are saying the void bringers are, right? Is they can yeah. just pass off their bad behavior on void bringers. Yeah. Right. Now, again, now this is it. Here's the wind again, my friend. Mm-hmm. What errant winds had brought Yasna to this topic? Or Shalon. Now, this is... Uh, no, Yasna. This is, this is one of Shalon's thoughts. She's oh, right. asking what right, errant winds, what errant, errant winds have brought Yasna to study this? Like why, like, why are we looking into this? Mm-hmm. Like it's so, it's so nebulous. It's so vague. There's so many different references, uh, trying to study the Voidbringers. She, uh, Shalon says, right. studying the Voidbringers was like trying to determine if Deathspren were real or not. Like oh, what's I the love point? This. I love this What's because, the- because we know, we as readers know that death spreads are real because we just saw them. Be- because Kaladin faced them. Right. Because he was facing death and Syl stood atop him battling them. So what does this mean then? Like if, what do you mean? well, if studying void bringers was like trying to determine if death spread were real or not. And we know that death sprint are real. What does that mean then? That no one knows that death sprint are real. No, but Cal knows they're real and now we know they're real. So does that mean, I don't know. I don't want to lead what? you. So I don't know. I You're mean, li- is there something to conclude if, there? Well, if studying void bringers was like determining whether death sprint are real or not, and we determined that they're real, what does that say about void bringers? That they're probably real too. I don't know. So she, yeah, she studies for like two hours and then Shalon's like, okay, I got, she's like, I gotta go. I've been doing this too long. Uh, so she decides to head back to the <laughs> alcove to Yasna. Right, right, and right. And then right. she and runs we run into, into... <laughs> of she course. runs into the jam man. Of course. It's Mr. Jam. It's fucking Mr. Jam and Brad. Jam and bread, capsule man, the capsule, the, the ardent is back. Mm-hmm. Um, and he continues to lay on the flirting. Yep. Uh, question that I he's have like, actually what are you doing is, here? does Shalon always bite her lip if she's trying to deceive or lie a little bit? Like there's a lot of lip biting I, going on in this. I haven't noticed. He points it out as something cute, yeah. but I don't know mm-hmm. if that's something, like I haven't noticed it if that's something that's actually in the, the script, so. So there's a lot of lot of uh, banter back and forth between these two here. Um, mm-hmm. She's saying things like, "I am innocent," as as in the opposite of sophisticated. Walk with me while right. I fetch uh, the volume of Tiffindor. And right. we get to learn. I think I don't know if it's the first time, but fifty seven levels to yeah. the veil. Mm-hmm. And Shalon is saying to him, "Like I can't even imagine the construction of this thing." And then yeah, he says, "Well, this is we, awesome. We, we, we didn't create it. It was here. The main shaft was." was already here at least. Yeah, we the just created the side rooms. C- cut out the rooms for the books. It was a mm-hmm. natural formation. And he says, as natural as the as cities like Colin are. Right. And this gets back to that chapter of somatics where he did the experiment with the sand and the yeah. sound. Yes. So she says, well, did, did the Dawn Singers create it? And he says, no, no, no. That's not the kind of thing that the Dawn Singers do. Right. They were more healers, uh, says Capsule. Kindly spren. 
sent to care for humans once we were forced out of the tranquiline halls. Right, by the Almighty. Mm-hmm. I think... And then she says, like the opposite of Voidbringers? And he's like, yeah, I guess mm. you could say that. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, there's so much in this chapter, dude. That's why I said let's record this one chapter because there's just so much to to cut through. So my my next note, now you might have things in between, but my next note is, because I think I, it's going to get to page turning pretty soon for me. My next note mm-hmm. is that uh, Capsule says, you know what? I think Yasna does still know that I intend to convert her. Mm-hmm. And then and then Shalon says, of course she does. She's Yasna. She knows practically everything. Right. He's like, not everything. She's here studying something. And then Shalon tells I know, Capsule. But that, but that supports my whole thing I've been saying all this time. Don't count Yasna out of this whole thing. Right. <laughs> I've been saying, yeah, and it. don't count her out, folks. For you first-time readers like me, if you're joining us on this journey, uh, yeah. don't count if she my was, girl out. If Yasna was uh, Wesley Snipes, she'd say, always bet on black. That's what she would she would say. She would passenger 57 the the, the shit out of this thing and <laughs> always bet on black. Did you, did you just put a passenger 57 reference into our podcast? That was if, brilliant. If you can put a passenger 57 reference in a podcast, you must. <laughs> um, That's a milestone. But, That's a milestone. It is. It's a, you should throw a party. Um, I yeah, but she tells Capsule I'm, about... I'm trying to think of a Long Kiss Goodnight reference, maybe, oh, or something other. I love that something movie. Else. I love that movie. I know, it's so good. I know. It's so oh, good. man. Okay, we should get um, together and watch movies soon. Um, yeah. But Shalon, I can't believe this. Shalon actually tells Capsule what Yasna's here to study. I, I kind of find that well, it's a little bit of a breach of trust here that she's just telling him uh, what she's been researching. You know what I mean? Like, it feels a little gauche, don't you find? Um. No, I mean, I mean she's like stealing off I don't of her, know. so like, I guess it doesn't really matter. These these Ardents, the the Ardentia seem to be um, a fairly pervasive group. They know what's going on. He knows what's going on with her father, as we find out a little little later. Well, at least he knows some things. Like they're they're connected. I I, I can't see it being a big secret to not know what she's studying. True. True. It 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 it, it surely would the be fairly could find easy out, to find. Just ask what, what books she's taking out. What references and, she's taking yeah, exactly? That's true. So I mean, come on. He was I mean, able to find they, out what uh, Shalon was looking into, you know, when she was looking for that book that referred to the Gavilar stuff. So yeah. So you're right. She he so, could probably just figure it out. But, but he is upset though uh, when he does hear this from uh, Shalon's lips about the fact that Yasna is studying Voidbringers. Um, he doesn't mm-hmm. want to talk about it. And again, like no. before. He says, look, we, we believe as Ardents that the Voidbringers were real. Mm-hmm. We believe that they were a scourge, that they were a plague. And a hundred times they came upon mankind. Yeah, not a not hundred times though, because he says 90, he says 90 no, and nine he, times no, later on. No, he says, no, at first he says a hundred times they came upon mankind. Right. Casting mankind from the tranquiline halls, then trying to destroy us here on Roshar. They were creatures of terrible, destructive power, forged in damnation and created from hate. Yeah. And then Shalon's like, so who who made them then? Because if they were forged from yeah, hate, they have an exchange the, here. the Almighty wouldn't have done that. And Capsule's like, well, everything has its opposite. So the Almighty is such a force of good that in order to balance out the Cosmere, the Voidbringers had to be created. 
Yeah, Shalon rejects this. Um, I think uh, mm-hmm. this is a part of it that she doesn't like. Um, I think that he goes a little further to explain that that really it's about tipping the scales is what mankind does right. with their actions. So if we if we can exercise a certain element of control over our actions and yeah. lean them towards good, that's where the tail these the scale tips a bit. Um, but she kind of, nah, she's still pushing back yeah, a little she's bit. Like, this and doesn't and really I, make sense. I, I remember in the text, I didn't write it down, but I, but I remember that I think that Shalon says something to the effect of that she's she still clings on to her beliefs, mm-hmm. but she still wants to bring with her her sense of incredulity and skepticism and. Like she still wants to bring her toolbox, yeah. Which is a th- which is a thing that I always reference. Like never, never let go of your toolbox. Like mm-hmm. always apply all of your your your, your doubts, your concerns, yeah. your incredulities, your skepticism. All like never surrender that. She says it right here. She In- says, "All right, I don't buy the explanation about the void bringers." And he thought he says, "Well, I thought right. you were a believer." She's like, "I am." But just because I honor the almighty doesn't mean I'm going to accept any explanation. It might right. be religion, but it still has to make sense. Sense. Yeah. See, I, I like that complexity to Shalon. I love that. That's a really neat way of being. I don't think that Shalon would have thought or, or thought like this or even said it before meeting Yasna. I think that her scholarly pursuits these last months have turned her yeah. into the person that needs things to make sense. Yeah, perhaps that that's a part of her transformation after, uh, you know, through Yasna, after Yasna. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, um, I, I really, really like that aspect to her. She's like, okay, fine. I, but I still want to know more about the Voidbringers. And then he shrugs and he, um, he's like, I told you the basics, Shalon. The Voidbringers were an embodiment of evil. We fought right. them off I, 99 and, nine, and times, nine times, led by the yeah. Heralds and their chosen knights, the 10 orders we call the Knights Radiant. Finally, a Haratium came, the last desolation. The Voidbringers were cast back into the Tranquiline Halls. The Heralds followed to force them out of heaven as well. And mm-hmm. Roshar's heraldic epochs ended. Mankind entered the era of solitude, the modern era. There's just a lot yeah, of, a lot, yeah, a lot of information a lot of in that tiny little... Well, well, we get a name for the last desolation. So... Right. Uh... Aharatium, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's. I think you said it way better than I did. I, let's go with yours. Aharatium, or it's Ahari. Ahari No, it can't be that. Aharatium is what I'm going to call it for now. Sure. Until I'm I like corrected. It. Sounds nice. Uh, for those listening, please correct me. Um, Michael yeah, Kramer, the really... guy who does the audible, please correct us. Yeah, this is this is really cool, um, but. You know, it, it's capsule that says, "Well, look, you know, I I can tell you why Yasna's studying this. She mm-hmm. wants to, she wants to prove that the Voidbringers weren't real. She right. wants to demonstrate this is a fabrication of the Radiance that Vor- that Voronism is a gigantic fraud." Yeah, and she says, "But look, the Ardents are like I'm, I'm not a threat to her. We can't like Ardents. We can't own property. We, in fact, are property ourselves." And I want to stop there. I thought about that. They are property themselves. Mm-hmm. So then they're, they're tools. Right. So this whole capsule thing, like how can you be a real person of trust if you're not 
a person, if you're property, if you are a a tool or a means of accomplishing something. Hmm. Like, how can you be a truly autonomous, you know, ethical-minded being if if you see yourself as property to something? Like, if you're property to something, you are, I don't know. So I, I actually thought about that whenever he admitted that. He, um Seemed, seemed innocent for him to admit it, but I thought that's kind of revealing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a so very again, weird part again, of I, I could be, I could be barking up very wrong trees. He could be fine. He could be the jam guy and everything's great. And he appears well, to he, have, have a thing for her. In fact, he, he gets a little heated here, a little right? later. He, he's falling, he's falling for her. Yeah. Like, I mean, unless, unless she's wrong, like she's reading that anyway. So, okay. So he says that, you know, we, you know, we, we're not a threat to Yasna. We can't own property. We dance to the whims of the city lords and the warlords, and we're afraid to tell them of their sins. We are white spines without tusks or claws. Um, they, they have a bit, a, a bit of an exchange here, and they walk out uh, in silence to the balcony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little awkward. It's a little awkward, but th- this is where um, Shalon ultimately says to him, look, I'm I'm leaving. Yeah. I've had news from my family. And that's when he says, Oh, something about your father? And she says, well, Have you heard something? Right. And then he's and then he says only that he's been reclusive lately. See again, like he's on it and maybe he's not admitting everything as well. So I don't know. He's and well this informed. is where I, I start page turning, guys, because these are my last two notes. Mm-hmm. My last two notes are, um, will you at least do the honor of sketching me? Which I loved. Right. I thought, so that part of it, when he requested a sketch, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, dude, that's awesome. He's so like, you've he already done guy, the, you've done a sketch for most of the other artists, but not myself. Yeah. So I would love to have that as a parting gift kind of thing. And then the, my last note that I wrote is that he says, I, I could come. I could return with you to Yakovet. Right. And he's, that's when the pages for me, I just started going, bam, dude, this bam, guy's desperate. Bam. He's like, he's literally everyone who's ever been broken up with. He's all like, listen, I'll change. I'll go to Yakov Ed with you. Uh, yeah. I'll move wherever you want. He's <laughs> like, yeah. I'll, you know, that thing I do with the laundry. I'll, I'll stop doing that thing with the laundry that you hate. Please, please just don't leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's your red hair. It's and magic. She ends up, she ends up um, feeling bad too. She's like, I'm not even the one who has their heart broken, yeah. but I'm choking back tears here. Yeah, she's like, when are my emotions going to start making sense? Right. Because she's the one that's getting upset. Now, okay, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, so this, so I'm, I'm without notes here, guys, so yeah. I am off the page. I just have read this once, so I'm way, way out. I mean, you're like so, a trapeze artist, and I, I'm your safety <laughs> net here. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay, so, um, so what happens next then to do the sketches, they go back to Yasna's quarters, correct? Right, they go back Ultimately. to Yasna's. She grabs her tools okay. and uh, yes. he's standing there and she takes a memory of him and then she starts right. sketching, but doesn't tell him that he can like sit down and relax now. <laughs> she, it's almost like she's right. making him suffer a little bit by standing there posing and uh, her yeah. hands shaking while she's drawing. Yeah. She's upset. Mm-hmm. She does quick work but, of it though. She gets it done pretty quickly and hands it over and mm-hmm. she's like, you better lacquer that or it's going to smudge. And then he reaches inside right. his thing or whatever and um, takes right. out Right, he wants a, to offer her yeah, a he wants to pay for, And she's like, no, no, take it for free. He's like, no, I'd yeah. like to be able to pay you for your work. So do another one of me and I'll pay for with, that one. With you. Yeah. Right, with and it'll you. be of me and you. 
Right. Right. And she's like, I hate doing pictures of myself. I hate doing that. But she's like, uh, um, can we use a mirror, Yasna? And Yasna hands over a mirror reluctantly because she hates this dickhead. And um, (laughs) he holds the mirror in such a way that she can see both their faces and then takes a picture of that. Yeah, angle it to the side. Yeah, it's really cool, right? So she can Mm -hmm. see both their faces and then include that in the picture. Um, Says she worked furiously blending the reality of Capsule sitting in a fiction of herself in her flower-embroidered dress sitting with her legs to the side. Yeah, it's really neat. And then when she's Um, drawing this second picture, she thinks up of a new plan. She's like, what if I send the soul caster away with toes yeah. back to my brothers and I get to right. stay? So I get to do both. I, I, I compl- accomplish my mission yeah. and I get mm-hmm. to stay. And if mm-hmm. Yasna figures out that her soul caster isn't the right one, then at least I won't have fled and she won't come after me because I'll be literally right, right here. It's, I really um, like her thinking this way too. Sorry, and it. Well, it's it's I, I I love that I love that revelation about her like trying so desperately to figure out a way you know how can I service my family and be with Yasna right like stay here in she, Carbranth. She doesn't want this ride to end. She doesn't want no. Yeah, it's changing her, and yeah. she she's she's so intrigued, so uh, yeah stimulated. Um, so she's um, she's drawing on instinct right now. This. You know, mm-hmm. this picture of the two of them together, she's just drawing on instinct. And mm-hmm. um, she draws again so, something that wasn't there like last time. She I draws know. a creature is... that's standing behind Capsule. And it's a figure yeah, but... with sharp angular, a sharp angular symbol hovering above its collar instead of its head. And she gets up and she ends up kicking the chair over and her heart so we, is pounding. But we... But we, but we've already encountered this before. Haven't we've we? seen this before. Yeah, remember she did the picture for the king, uh, Teravangian. Yeah, yes. And she like crumpled it up. She's like, oh, it was horrible. I can't, I can't give that yeah. one to you. Yeah, because she, she's already drawn them before. Right. Now, where was the king in that other picture? Is this, it was is just this in an like... alcove. They were in a different alcove, oh, or maybe okay. they were in the same alcove. Okay. So this, this is where I couldn't stop because. It's like the second appear. It's it's like you're watching. Um, we're not well watching. I mean, I'm very visual, so I'm, yeah. when, I'm, when I'm reading, is I'm 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 watching or experiencing like a, a, a some kind of a horror mm-hmm. um, film or or like you know ghost story. Dude, this and, is like the ring and, and, or the grudge or something. Yeah, like I mean, like her drawing this for the second time. It's the second appearance of this entity, of and, and this is. her first reaction on the first time was to crumple it up mm-hmm. and to, and to get rid of it. Now it's staring her again, unconsciously through her, her, uh, artwork. The, and um, the intensity her, here, her like leaving this, like, so I'm just going to jump a little bit ahead. So her yeah, experiencing this and said, and basically saying, I've, I've got to get out of here. Like right. I, I'm out of here. She leaves Yasna. She yeah, leaves she capsule. Bolts. She bolts. And then she stops intermittently and draws again and the being They're following is her. following her. Mm-hmm. Sean, I'm telling you, that scared me. Like, Not I, I, only I, is I, she following I her, it's following her. I love that. But every time she draws, there's more of them. There's right. one. It's drawing more and there's than two. Pure. And then yeah. there's five. And then by the time she gets into Yasna's room, she's drawn yeah. what should be I an know. empty room, and they're everywhere. 
And you know what? It's almost like her drawing it was like little moments that I've felt in, uh, in, um, in movies and things. Uh, there's, there's probably a better horror film equivalent to this, uh, idea, but even, even when they're in, in the movie aliens, when, when they're tracking the movement and they're like, it's, it's in the room, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then there they, and then there they are. But in this case, it's an artist sketching. Right. Like it's so much more creepier imagining, uh, Shalon sketching this image. Yeah. And then, and then of course, I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead cause I have no notes here, but yeah, of course, when she draws the, when she draws the last image where she's in her chambers mm-hmm. and there's, I think five of them present. Well, in her, she, and um, she reaches out her arm and she touches something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she starts. That to, she for runs me into, was like. So she runs away from the alcove with the Yasna and capsule. Yeah, and she yeah. ends up in the lift, and the lift is taking her down. Right, and she looks mm-hmm. over at the um, at the empty uh, landing, and she starts to sketch. She's like, "There can't be anything there." She quickly starts to right. sketch, not looking down at her sketch. And then when she looks down, there's two figures there. Yeah. So there was one right. behind capsule. Now there's right. two on the landing. And then she's like, right. where do I go? Like, I'm going mad here. Where do I go? So she starts running down the hallway yeah, I, full I, of people. I need to go. I'm, yeah, and it's like, um, it's like dinner time or lunchtime. And so there's a bunch of people coming in and out of these hallways, Caverns delivering crowd, food. Yeah. And she starts bumping into everybody. And then she turns back and looks down the hallway and dr- quickly draws the hallway. And then there's five of them down the hallway coming at her. And, and they and each five, have a different five, symbol yeah. hanging over their head. They're distinct creatures. Right. Right. And they're all approaching her. Um, now, now she, the, the creatures, I, I love this. The creatures wove through the crowd unseen, like predators mm-hmm. focused on Shalon. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's That's fucking amazing. scary, dude. We, we should, we should, you should maybe, you should maybe read that one. And five symbol headed figures in black. Well, two go ahead. stiff robes and cloaks. Yeah, that's a great, uh, that's a great thing. I love it. It's so it's so frightening. It's amazing. This is amazing. Well, I couldn't stop turning the page. I couldn't take notes. I couldn't take notes through this. Yeah. This was amazing. I just, I just kept flipping and flipping. And as soon as, as soon as, um, he requested the drawing, it's like, maybe I knew that there was something going to happen now. Right. This drawing, there's something. And, and I, and there it was. I yeah, it all, stopped taking it all notes. builds up, right? Yeah, so she ta- then she takes another, so she's down at the end of the hallway. She sees these five figures, like I said, different symbols hanging over their torsos. So they're independent creatures. Um, uh, she takes another drawing, uh, takes another memory oh and draws the yeah, figures yeah. and they're, they're even closer down the hallway. So that's when she's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. So she runs to Yasna and her room. She blinks and draws her room again when she's in there. And they are around her in this room, and one is reaching I, out at her so close that she that I know, almost it's almost is being at touched. her. Oh. Yeah, I love this thing where I, I, says, I love this. She says, she says, uh, you know, don't do it. She thought, just sit and calm yourself. She felt a growing chill, a rising terror. She had to know. She scrambled to pull out the charcoal, then blinked and began to sketch her room. Ceiling mm. first, four straight lines. Down the walls, lines at the corners. I know, I love this. This is, I mean, again, I couldn't stop reading. This is insane. It's amazing. The creature at the front was reaching two smooth fingers, not two W-O, two two smooth, as in very smooth fingers, towards Shalon, just inches from the right side of her sketching book. Yeah. And then uh, she says, oh, Stormfather, Shalon thought, charcoal, pencil, falling, still, 
The room was empty, yet depicted right in front of her was an image of it crowded, full of these sleek figures. They were close enough that she should be able to feel them breathing if they breathed. Okay, so let me read this part to you here. Let me read this to you. Was there a chill in the room? Hesitantly, terrified, but unable to stop herself, Shalon dropped her pencil and raised her free hand to to the right and felt something. She screamed then, jumping to her feet onto her bed, (laughs) dropping the pad, backing against the wall. Before she could could consciously think of what she was doing, she was struggling with her sleeve, trying to get the soul caster out. It was the only thing she had resembling a weapon. No, that was stupid. She didn't know how to use it. She was helpless. And I want you to listen to this part here very carefully. Except, dot, dot, dot. Storms, she Mm -hmm. thought, frantic. I can't use that. I promised myself. She began the process anyways. Ten heartbeats. Heartbeats. To bring forth the fruit of her sin, the proceeds of her most horrific act. She was interrupted midway through by a voice, uncanny yet distinct. What are you? What are you? And she's already heard that before. Right. What did you think about what, like that last, just that last tra- chapter? She began the process well, anyways, 10 heartbeats to bring forth the fruit of her sin, the proceeds of her most horrific act. Well, it sounds, it sounds like, uh, the shard bearers. It sounds like a shard bearer. Yeah. Like the 10 heartbeats, the counting. Yes, it does. Doesn't yeah. it? I know. So. I don't know what to make of that because as far as I know, she's not a shard bearer. So I don't know, but her most horrific act. Do we, do we, do I, as a first time reader, do do I know what her, do I know what her most horrific act is? Do I know, Sean? Do I know? You don't know anything. You know nothing, John. So, so, so this is why I, I couldn't, I couldn't stop and take the notes because that yeah. was amazing. I I, um, I want to know, so the, but we just have question, to. Re- I just have to continue reading. So. Yeah. The question is, what are you? And she loses her balance and she falls to the ground and she says, "I'm terrified." I'm terrified. And the voice says, "This, this is this true." Is, mm-hmm. And then the bedroom transforms around her. The bed. Yeah. Her sketch pad. The nightstand. The walls. They all turn into tiny dark glass spheres. She found herself in a place with a black sky and a small white sun in the sky. Mm-hmm. She falls back in a shower of beads. Flames are hovered nearby, dozens, maybe hundreds, like the tip of candles. She's surrounded by these candles. She hits an endless dark sea made of tiny glass beads. She's trying to swim in this sea of glass beads. Mm-hmm. And then she hears another voice coming from you a want bead me to inside her hand. You yeah. want me to change. Realizing the voice is coming from her hand, she's holding one of these beads. It asks her what she has and says, I will change. Where is it here? Let's read that. For it says, um, you want me to change, a warm voice said in her mind, distinct and different from the cold whisper she had heard earlier. It was a deep mm-hmm. and hollow and conveyed and conveyed a, it was deep and hollow and conveyed a sense of great age. 
It seemed to come from her hand, and she realized she was grasping something there, one of the beads. Mm -hmm. The movement of the ocean of glass threatened to tow her down. She kicked frantically, somehow managing to stay afloat. I've been as I am for a great long time, the warm voice said. I sleep so much. I will change. Give me what you have. I don't know what you mean. Please help me. I will change. Yeah. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just kept flipping through this because this is just so amazing. then the bead in her hand changed and she fell underneath. She can't keep uh, she's like kicking furiously kicking trying to stay afloat in this sea of beads. Can you imagine this, Jack? Yeah, an no, actual it's crazy. flowing swelling ocean of tiny beads instead of water. Well, this feels like like a dream. Is she what it feels like, falls or some kind deep of deep beneath these waves of beads, and then falls into her bed. Right, the goblet on her nightstand melts it and becoming melts, a red yeah. liquid, which we find out is blood. And then she's like, "Holy crap! I just soul casted." But she's like, mm-hmm. "I've seen the creatures before. I stole the soulcaster." And then she's like, "Holy crap! I didn't even put it on." Which goes to my hunch from earlier. Remember I said to you? Yes, you did. That it, that it may not be necessary to have a favor. Remember I said that? You did. I said that. You did say those exact words. <laughs> I'm just way too proud. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I shouldn't be so. I shouldn't <laughs> be so. That's not confirmation just, that though. I'm just. Okay. I, yes. Yeah, yes. That's true. That's true. But. But. Don't, don't get cocky, kid. Don't get cocky, kid. Okay. This. This. This does seem to corroborate my hunch. Um, yeah. Per, per chance, but but we'll see. Um, now she says here uh, she changed the goblin to blood, which was one of the ten essences. Right. Um. And then, of course, uh, I think it's shortly after this. Doesn't like Yasna show up? Yeah, Yasna's at the door and she's knocking and she's like, "Shalon, yeah. Shalon, are you in there?" And yeah. What was that so sound? Much blood. There's blood everywhere, dude. It's it's going toward the door. Yeah. She realizes that she can't. Yeah. She'll know. Yasna's going to figure know. this out. Especially if the figures she saw have to do with the soul casting. She's going to see the pages in her book and then she'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then all everything that she's done this this so far will be all for nothing. So she decides right. really quickly. This, this gets know. back yet again to that moment when the maid messed up Yasna's room and she just decided yep. really quickly I'm going to do I'm something. I'm going to use this. Yeah. Yeah. So she does it again. Yeah. Yep. So she hides a sketchbook. She looks over, yep. cuts herself with the glass, falls on the ground yep. and pretends like she tried to kill herself. Oh, is this a suicide attempt? Well, I mean, she said there's As a this amount of blood. I, this amount of I blood thought, only oh. comes from what did she say here? Right. Okay, so I I didn't wasn't I wasn't quite clear on that that, that it was going to appear like a suicide attempt. You're right. Um, she says, there was um, blood. Yasna was not was going to know what Shalon had done. A thought struck Shalon. It was it was a brilliant thought, but it was a way out. Yeah. And it was the only it was the only thing that occurred to her. She went to her knees and grabbed a shard of the broken glass pitcher in her safe hand, through the fabric of her sleeve. She took a breath and pulled up her right sleeve then used the glass to cut a shallow gash in her skin. In the panic of the moment, it barely even hurt, and blood welled yeah. out. Right before you started reading, there's a line there that says, okay. there was enough, 
but the blood it would condemn her. There was enough that only a life-threatening wound could have created it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I was reading so fast, I didn't quite... Uh, with the glass pitcher, you know, having fallen over, yeah. I thought maybe she was, she was going to say that, that, that she cut herself on but there's the so glass much pe- blood. pitcher. I know, I know. There's so that much. The only so, way she can get away around this is if she actually cuts herself and tries to kill herself and hopefully someone will save her in time because that's the only way they're going to be able to figure that, uh, the, the, believe that this was uh, not an, they're, they're not going to believe this was an accident. You know what though? I still don't even think that, that they're going to believe that. Because you just but think we'll Yasna knows everything. I do, because at the end of the day, like, okay, for instance, if if you lose all this blood, then mm. then maybe you need to have more in your in your system, or like, you know what I mean? Like, the, like, the, or maybe you need a coagulant. Like, maybe your blood's too thin. Well, it's like, well, it's just all the like, orange wine. I, I I don't know. I I still I'm still I still have Yasna in my corner, but that's yeah. the end of the chapter. Yeah, Yasna um, freaks although, out. Although Shalon's last thought, I love this. Her last thought is mm-hmm. this. Shalon thought will not end well. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Love I it. love the, how Yasna freaks out immediately. She sees her. She freaks out. She calls for help. Um, what a chapter! This was a mic drop. Mic. This was a mic drop. I. This yeah. was a book drop. I. I dropped the book. Boom. Boom. It's great. Fantastic! Great job. Like I said earlier, yeah, I, I don't have an info dump. Um, this I is... don't have an alternate title for this one. Either. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa! Shadesmar. Huh. What does it mean? <laughs> I knew you were going to do this. I knew it. I Wait knew a sec. Alter- alternate that... title. I, I, I did. Well, because I normally I'll think of an alternate title. Maybe. Yeah, well, but you don't even know I what do, the normal title means. No, I do not. So right. why don't you just tell me? I Why don't you can't. just tell me the movie that you'd like to see? I can't. Come on, Shadesmar. Here, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna show you something. There is a, you, there should be. I don't know if there is in your book, no. but there should be a map at the end of the book. Uh, looks like. But this. I shouldn't do that, right? Looks like this. Shadesmar. Whoa. I shouldn't look at that though, right? Well, I just showed it to you. So fuck that. <laughs> Shadesmar uh, is this referencing a place where these beings are from or that that's what these beings are hmm. those are good questions hmm. next time on Storm Pod <laughs> 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 and here endeth the lesson well that's that's all I got that's all yeah. I got him well as you, and, and as you could tell I was just page turning so I I just yeah. I wasn't uh, catching a couple things so yeah suicide attempt that's interesting yeah, pretty pretty intense eh? how oh, does she get I around like with this, this chapter I like this chapter so amazing um hmm, hmm. well if that's all Shades we got, Mar. then um, if find you're out. listening to the show and you uh, like to support, one of the best ways you can do that is to rate and review wherever you can. And you can also tell your friends, tell all your Stormpod, uh, Stormlight Archive friends to listen because, uh, you know, that's the word of mouth always works the best. Um, and you can always tell you, me what Shadesmar means. And uh... yeah, don't tell him anything. <laughs> don't. You're not. You're sequestered. You're like in uh, uh, Stormlight been, Archive I have uh, been, quarantine. I have been sequestered. Yeah. Um, if you would like to uh, support us, you could uh, go to patreon.com slash heroes of. We've got some several tiers there of uh, ways that you can help with uh, all kinds of cool uh, rewards for doing so. Uh, just go and check it out. 
And uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can always go to, uh, you can email us at heroesofacathra.gmail uh, g- or heroesofacathra at gmail.com. You could uh, reach out on uh, Twitter at Heroes of One, on Instagram at Heroes of Acathra. And um, you could also go find the StormPod page on Facebook. Um, there's not much going on there yet, but uh, hopefully that'll increase soon. Uh, we want to say first and foremost, thank you so much to everyone who's been listening. Um, you know, we're well mm-hmm. into our uh, our release of this show now, and uh, we've been getting uh, so much love and so many listeners. It's just so great to, to see the numbers, and uh, we thank you very much. And until uh, next time. Till next time. StormPod is brought to you by Heroes Of. Theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack, J, Phil, Mike, and Sean. The Heroes of Hakathra.